0: and we're live 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 with another human being for the first time in a while good to see you leo good to see you namir how's it going it's good just got out of the hardest deepest ayahuasca slash plant medicine retreat i've ever done so now all i need is a brew and a bro and i'm good there you go it sounds like an ideal time so where are you coming from from ecuador Did this ayahuasca retreat in the jungle, in the Amazon, like a hour hike into the jungle from Tena, and then went to Southern Ecuador to chill in the mountains for a while. Probably going to move there. Was tempted to stay there rather than coming back to the U.S., but Biden dragged my ass back to the U.S. with his executive orders. I came home early, just not wanting to deal with whatever's going to be happening to travelers in the coming weeks.
1: So it sounds like you have a lot of new perspectives on the world. What did
0: you get out of this retreat? How do you want to start this? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, there's always like infinitely more to say than I could possibly express. And anything I do say is just a story. Um, I don't know if I even have that many new perspectives, honestly. Like it was not like a ton of aha moments or realizing exactly how I'm going to do what I'm going to do in the world. It was more just realizing what I'm going to do in the world in the most general sense and going through hell in the first ceremony i previously whenever i did ayahuasca it would be like 40 to 60 minutes and then i'd get into the journey it would kind of start but in the amazon i started to feel the energy shift like even before drinking and then 10 or 15 minutes after drinking i would be fully in the journey it was insanely strong and fast and I guess it was just because I was at the source, like we learned how to make the medicine and made it there. So it would be like the freshest ayahuasca you can possibly drink. So that could have something to do with it. But yeah, the first ceremony, it came on in like 10, 15 minutes. I wasn't ready for it at all. And it was like a hundred, maybe a thousand times stronger than any journey I'd had before. And it was just like pure and utter hell. I was just like, The mind couldn't deal with what was happening. The self couldn't keep it together. Thoughts made no sense. And I was just getting visions of all my worst fears in different realms, in like hell realms, and basically totally convinced I would be there for eternity. So worst experience I've ever had by orders of magnitude. So you arrive in Ecuador. Do You go straight to the Amazon? (laughs) Took a few days in Quito. And then, yeah, pretty much straight to the Amazon. And then you're in the jungle. You're not at like an Airbnb or anything. No, 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 no. In the jungle. Yeah, in the jungle. It's like a lodge that was set up by this indigenous tribe that runs ayahuasca ceremonies, and they've been doing it for centuries. So they're like shamans who come from a long lineage of shamans. So it was extremely legit as far as the authenticity of the ayahuasca experience. But it was also like, A lot more than ayahuasca there were like 20 plus medicinal plants and we learned about all their uses and yeah like drank mixes of plants to clean the blood and yeah it was a real education so you take the
1: ayahuasca the first night 10 minutes later you get the come up what does an ayahuasca come up like
0: yeah yeah i forget you've never experienced ayahuasca
1: never experienced
0: it yeah Man, to try and explain it to someone without the reference experiences, it's so different every time, is the thing. Like, I've had joyous ayahuasca experiences where it's just like really happy, full of self love. I've had like insightful ones. I've had just like profound experiences of ego death, seemingly out of nowhere. So it's different every time, but this time it was just like, A shitstorm of all my worst fears, all these negative emotions, panic, just a ton of shit. I think a lot of it was like what I had accumulated from the world in the last, you know, six months prior. What does the physiological like, come up feel like? Hmm. Or is it different every time? Well, maybe that's a little more similar. It's kind of like you feel movement through the body. You feel... Kind of energy flowing. You feel much more like an energetic being than normal, and maybe a little bit less like a just purely, merely physical being than normal. And there's like some discomfort, I guess. Like you just feel like twitches in different areas of the body, uh, often shaking, convulsing, wild swings in temperature. Like you can be really warm. And then for me, most often I get super cold. So it'll be like mm. I'm shivering and like cold as fuck, but I'm not actually cold. So putting on blankets and stuff doesn't help it. Yeah, it's weird. You would you would that try it, right? Awful. You'd be you'd be down to give it a shot. Uh well what you're just telling me right now <laughs> sounds pretty awful. I'm trying I'm to keep you lie, right I'm on like, the fifty fifty fence because you were down before, so now I push you a mm. bit the other way. A bit the other way, yeah. I'm worried about nausea mostly. Yeah, which is a That's super like my, valid concern.
1: That's what I get with mushrooms too. Not I've never been sick on mushrooms, but I always get scared of being sick. Yeah. I mean, and that like hurts might come up a little bit. Right. Well, actually getting sick or just the fear of getting sick.
0: Just the anxiety of getting nauseous. Damn, that's a lot like my partner who mm. shall not be named. Um but yeah, I feel like with mushrooms it usually does pass kind of on its own accord would you agree i uh, like two
1: hours in usually mm-hmm. yeah i know i'm gonna be fine like the first hour you're still coming up and then i usually get super cold
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and then you know two hours in, i'm in it and i know it's fine so. right
0: yeah that sounds similar to me with ayahuasca yeah nausea is like probably a universal thing that people find the taste is pretty bad. It's Weirdly, it gets worse the more you drink. So like on a first drink, it probably wouldn't strike you as that bad. It might not be as bad as you expect. But the more you do it, the worse it seems to get. And yeah, nausea has like been there most of the times for me. I never purged. I never threw up. I mean, my perspective on purging is also a little different. I don't necessarily think vomiting equals purging and vice versa as a lot of people in the ayahuasca circles say but i had never vomited until the amazon and then this past retreat i vomited a ton in ceremonies mm-hmm. one two and four i puked a lot yeah i hate that <laughs> that sounds awful. yeah it's not fun it i don't know it's it's really interesting actually like interpreting what that is because everyone in the circles talks about throwing up as getting negative patterns or negative things out of you purging them um i can see that i mean i definitely feel like when you're on ayahuasca you're going through all these thought patterns all these neuroses all of this horse shit basically that the medicine like shows you is there so that you can realize it for what it is and be like oh yeah that's that's some of my bullshit and let it go but whether physiologically puking is purging that stuff i don't know i mean it seems like just assumed to be true with no doubt in these circles but i'm skeptical of a lot of things that are assumed to be true with no doubt in these circles
1: yeah i'm pretty skeptical of that too because i think that i would no matter what mental state i was
0: in be worried about vomiting and find it unpleasant (laughs) yeah but then after you vomit you can get into the more pleasant side of it. It's pretty nice.
1: Well, I believe that,
0: but that's just vomiting in general, right? Well, it's more than just relief of the vomiting though. It's also like, Mm. I mean, ayahuasca is like flooding you with serotonin sometimes. So, or maybe always, I'm not sure. So, I mean, you can be in amazingly pleasant, insightful high states, but I definitely think there's an issue with, people doing this saying that they're healing saying that they're doing spiritual work but really just getting high like there's a lot of self-delusion in these circles and i can say from experience now having been on four retreats and done 14 ayahuasca ceremonies that there's amazing potential i think it's been really helpful for me but i see a lot of delusion and a lot of shadow sides
1: Who's out here taking ayahuasca recreationally though, like to have a good
0: time? Well, admittedly, probably no one, but I think that is what's happening under the surface of a lot of people who say they're taking it, you know, to grow, to do the work, quote unquote, to hold space, quote unquote, to heal, quote unquote. Um, I think those are a lot of conscious justifications for, what sometimes is just a subconscious motivation to get high and to reach those like spiritual highs, even like, even if you're a genuine seeker and you're genuinely on a path, hoping to get enlightened or hoping to be free or hoping to whatever, um, you might be using ayahuasca subconsciously to reach a high state because you're kind of addicted to the high states. Um, but in itself, I don't think it progresses you further on the path or makes you more enlightened i think it's a tool that could and Mm. i might say over 50 percent don't use it properly i i haven't seen maybe enough to say that confidently but there's a lot of people just getting high for sure
1: i wonder if it's also like how much of that work can you do yourself like you can be confronted with a bunch of things but if you misinterpret them or get the wrong message out of them then
0: like what have you really done yeah And that happens all the time.
1: Like, because I think
0: like with weed, too, which kind of does the same thing. Like
1: if you take a lot of edibles and sit in the dark, it's like a it could be pretty terrifying.
0: Sure. It could be pretty insightful.
1: It could be pretty insightful, but it could also be incorrectly insightful. Like you could come up with a bunch of things. You're like, wow, I made a huge breakthrough. Yeah. And, like, you didn't
0: at all. It was nonsense. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, I think that kind of thing happens all the time. And it even happens with, like, meditation. Forget substances. I think it even happens with someone getting a little taste of samadhi, reaching some profound state, and then coming down from it and making all kinds of unjustified meeting out of it with their mind. It's super hard to know what's legit and what's not. It's really fucking hard. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I had an experience with ayahuasca one time where I was being shown like all this shit, all these crazy visuals. And like they were really cool, like sacred geometry and all the stuff that people talk about. And I was like looking at them and I was like, my mind was kind of trying to make meaning out of it. And I was kind of like thinking slash saying to ayahuasca, this is awesome. This is cool. But like, I don't know what this means. Like, what am I supposed to see here? What am I supposed to get from this? And then the visuals started getting more and more like cartoonish, just like wacky and random, like, you know, clowns and jesters and carnival figures. And I was like, this is cool, but like, what is what is real here? What am I supposed to learn? What's real? And when I asked what's real, a visual came of this hand, this finger kind of pointing and then slowly turning around and pointing back at me like you're real. And this itself could be something that my mind's just spinning meaning out of and interpreting in the wrong way, which is the trippy thing. But what I took from it is basically like, there's no meaning inherent in anything. You can see all kinds of things, be shown all kinds of things. And then like the meaning is what your mind does with it. So honestly, holding that all loosely And being unsure what means what is kind of like the realest way you can go about life.
1: I actually had that thought like 15 minutes ago as I was assembling my furniture over there. Yeah, I was thinking about art and I was like, what the artist intends for it to mean doesn't really mean anything. It's just what you get out of it. Yeah. Even if the artist doesn't intend to mean anything, it's like a smiley face on a board. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you're pulling meaning out of it, then it's meaningful. And if you're not getting meaning out of the most thoroughly researched, well-intended thing, then it's meaningless.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. It's like the Nathan for you where he uh, draws a Bank of America colored tank. And the guy's like, oh, it's a beautiful expression of the militaristic evils of capitalism. And he's like, oh, actually, it's just you know, a tank, which is a very secure place to keep your money. So it meant that it's very safe. (laughs) I actually don't remember that episode. I don't remember which one that's in. There's so much funny random shit in that show that you couldn't place on an episode. But yeah, a true masterpiece. His real magnum opus. I don't know if his new stuff's going to be as good. Is he coming up with new stuff? What's he doing? He's got new stuff like right now. There's an HBO show that he was writing and I think he was producing something else, but... I watched a little bit of one of the shows. It wasn't anything like Nathan for you. It was like a little was amusing at times. Same... What? Hmm.
1: Was it in the same like vein? Is he still no. doing like a prank show? No,
0: no, it wasn't really a prank show. I-, I couldn't really, it was pretty weird. I couldn't really put a theme on it for sure. But, uh... but yeah, I think like most of the lessons to contemporary American life can be found in that show. Nathan for you? Yeah. I think he shows you how language is the battlegrounds of the culture war now and how to do what you want to do in life despite all the pressures.
1: Yeah, I I see how you could pick that up. Because he more or less is able to achieve anything. Pretty much. But But I see that more as like what we were talking about off camera where we were saying, like, how much authority you can, or how much perceived authority yes. you can give yourself if you have the right clothing or the right attitude. Right. Or in his case, a camera crew.
0: <laughs> or all the above, yeah. Right. Yeah, camera crew. And just, like, his willingness to charge forward no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. there's a phenomenon in socialization called, like, pinging. Have you heard of this, pinging? No, I haven't. So it's something we all do as social creatures. It's like checking in with the other people in the group to see how they're responding to something and to then like adjust yourself based on them. So like I'm telling a story right now. If I were pinging a lot, I would be like looking at your face and seeing is he liking this and like kind of gauging how I'm telling the story based on that. And what's interesting about Nathan is like his persona is super beta, right? Like he's a wimpy kind of like nerdy conflict-averse guy but in terms of social pinging he's incredibly alpha because he does no social pinging he just says what he's going to say and does what he's going to do regardless of what anyone how anyone responds and he's willing to like withstand any amount of pressure seemingly any amount of awkwardness Mm -hmm. yeah i feel that so it's a good model especially oh go ahead
1: no i was gonna say especially the awkwardness man (laughs) It gets so cringy
0: when they're just like staring each other down. Yeah, that's the best part of the show. It's like an acquired taste, though. I remember when I first watched the show, I would get pretty uncomfortable. But after watching it more and more, it's, it's very enjoyable. But I think Nathan basically gives men the model for the new way to be and the new way to be dominant. Because the culture of dominance hierarchies is ending. And we're entering an age of intuition where just going with the flow is what prevails. Why
1: do you think that is?
0: I think we're going through a huge transformation in consciousness. Humanity at a mass scale is becoming self-aware, aware of each other across different cultures. The world's getting connected. Spiritual technologies are becoming known about, you know, like whereas before... If you were lucky, you stumbled upon like one lineage or one branch of something like Zen Buddhism. And if you were luckier, you realized there's something to it. And if you were super lucky, you could progress really far along that path and become free to some degree. Now we're aware of, you know, Zen and all of the other Mahayana Buddhist schools. We're aware of Theravada Buddhism. We're aware of every other Buddhism, every other religion, psychedelics, plant medicine, breath work yogic practices like everything is known and so it's only a matter of time before a critical mass of people realize there's something to this stuff and then it's only a matter of time before we can test different practices against one another and see you know what's really effective and a lot of people in our lifetime are going to wake up And that doesn't necessarily mean, like, I believe in being fully awake or fully enlightened or there being an end destination. But along that spectrum of awareness, there's an enormous upward momentum that we're going to see. And as people wake up, people disidentify with the self, people disidentify with the illusion of free will, even, and with the dominant structures that have guided human evolution, essentially. And... One thing people say happens when you, you know, reach these states and grow in these ways is you can become receptive enough to house higher consciousness, to basically be guided by intuition or spirit or source or God or goddess or whatever you want to say. And I basically think a lot of people within our lifetimes will be guided in that way and follow their gut, their intuition, and intuition will be the new dominance
1: I fundamentally disagree with that entire statement. Wow.
0: Okay, good. Do you want to... Is it too fundamental to even pick apart? Do you want to start somewhere with where you disagree? No, let's pick it apart. So,
1: first and foremost, I don't think that the
0: dominance hierarchy is
1: ever going away because I think that it's ingrained into every single type of organization.
0: Aren't, like... Wait, organization or our biology?
1: In ways that humans are, let's... Like organized, So in any activity that it requires more than one human, mm-hmm. both humans know who's better at that activity and who's worse at that activity. Right. And that's
0: fundamental in their mind. Sure. That's a dominance hierarchy. Hmm. What if the predominant activity of the new earth is just art though, an expression? You don't necessarily know that someone's... I mean, you could know that someone is more skilled at a certain type of art, sure. But if everyone's just doing art and creating things... I don't know that relationships would be based on any kind of understanding that, like, you're better at expressing than I am.
1: I think it depends on what the currency of that time is. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's friends or followers on Instagram or money, someone's going to have an
0: uneven amount of it. Hmm. What if money becomes obsolete? And people don't pay attention to like social media followers and stuff like that. People don't socialize at all? I mean it's it's not a far cry from where what life is now in twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, but even in a room of three people on the couch watching TV, yeah. there's an implicit dominance hierarchy.
0: Uh yeah. Generally. Um I don't know. In-person interaction is going way down for one thing. I also think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there always is a dominance hierarchy that's meaningful in a situation of hanging out. Like, I think that's the default and that's typical, but I feel like it is possible for socialization to occur in a way where everyone's just kind of tuned in, going with the flow and you know, saying what the spirit moves them to say, as the Quakers would say. And no one's necessarily steering the ship.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, But what was the second part of that statement? Yes, people becoming more aware. I also disagree with that. Wow,
0: I'm surprised.
1: Yeah, so I kind of get the feeling that when you introduce a ton more knowledge, everyone thinks like, oh, things are democratized now. Everyone's going to get in on it. And they never do. Right. There's never mass adoption of you know, whatever you want to call it. Like Yeah. So that that's
0: Hollywood true. Sorry, we did you want to finish?
1: Yeah, I was gonna use Hollywood as an example. Like people were worried, I don't know who the Hollywood studios were worried in the eighties or whatever that like technology had gotten too cheap and now people could do it at home and why would they go and do a big studio picture? Right. But like, it's always the same amount of people that are interested in that sort of thing. Making stuff like cheaper doesn't necessarily increase the amount of people that are into it. And when you have a lot of information, I think a lot of people will choose to ignore all of it rather than explore all of it.
0: Yeah, I I think you are correct in a lot of ways. Like, I could see the trend in the next few decades being exactly what you're describing that... A ton of people just bury their heads in the sand. I mean, it's happened with COVID and with, you know, the the uh, split of people who do their own research and think about things and think for a few seconds or long enough to realize that there's a ton of fuckery behind the scenes and the dominant narrative that we should be so afraid of this virus is circumspect, to say the least. And then the people who just go along with the dominant narrative and those people who go along with the dominant narrative are like staggeringly in the majority. And so maybe something similar will happen with spirituality, but I think there's such an enormous divide between what we think is kind of the telos of life or the most meaningful, which I think our epistemology now is kind of like, defaults to science that like science has all the answers and scientists will will tell us what's important and sort of this materialist paradigm that we're stuck in but i think we will reach a point where it's just impossible to ignore that spirit is missing from our common denominator worldview and that people can evolve and change in ways that are so profound and so immediately obvious to anyone who meets them that others are going to want to do the same. Like if you meet someone who's super awake, you can tell they've kind of figured something out and you want that. I think it's a very natural phenomenon.
1: Yeah. I think like identity politics is what I was more um, focusing on when I was making that statement. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like to go back to your point, people with a void in spirituality will look for like, the government to tell them what to do yeah and tell them what's moral and tell them what's immoral and then everything else just kind of gets balled into that
0: yeah and again i agree but i still think that this is like the shorter term or medium term trend and not the long-term trend i was talking about before because governments are falling mm-hmm. apart like mm-hmm. yeah all the governments and systems and paradigms that we currently rely on maybe not all but most financial systems governmental systems economic systems are collapsing they're definitely changing yeah
1: i don't know that they're collapsing but they're definitely changing like decentralized currency Mm -hmm. you know is a huge one but where that's gonna go nobody really knows
0: i still feel like you probably called it that the governments are just going to make their currencies digital and all the cryptos will go to zero I do feel that that's going to happen. I don't think they'll ever go to zero,
1: but... Yeah, I guess people always
0: hold out hope, and they exist. People own them, so...
1: Right. There's always, like, a side market where you don't want the government involved. Right. But that's precisely why, like, Bitcoin wouldn't get mass adoption, because the government wants to be involved.
0: What if people just stop listening to the government, slowly but surely? I feel like we're seeing the inklings of it in America... There's a lot of defiance around the masks and the nonsensical mandates and orders. But that's not
1: like coming from a place of anarchy or rebellion. That's coming from a place of, I'm going to listen to my guy. In this case, it's Donald Trump. and (laughs) He's got a lot of theories on masks and (laughs) storming Capitol buildings.
0: (laughs) Pin it all on Trump. No, I mean, like, I'm I'm glad Trump lost, kind of, because now I can not wear a mask when I'm out and about and people can know it's not because I'm a Trumper. It's because this shit is stupid. It's they're coming out now. You have to wear two masks. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw Fauci said, said that. Vaccine. I didn't, I didn't think he said you have to, I thought he just recommended it.
1: What, why, what are we doing here? Just two trying to see
0: how insane they can make it before it all fall falls apart.
1: Well, like why are two better than
0: one? what well, two is always better than one more is better <laughs> you should do five masks really if you you five should do masks, the maximum amount vaccines. of masks through which you're capable of breathing
1: we should wear a spaceman suit <laughs> and just walk around that i
0: way. saw a fucking ad for something like that for like a fucking dome head glass thing yeah yeah it's crazy dude it's crazy people are going nuts and people are fine with it as long as you
1: introduce it all slowly most people are fine with it
0: that's the scary thing yeah people will just go along with whatever as long as it's gradual enough like people are now fine with being spied on all the time like it's pretty you know public knowledge that contact tracing is a thing and people are just like oh
1: whatever that's why i'm so against this vaccine like i believe in vaccines i don't think they're a mind control device You know, I understand the basics of putting a tiny dead virus in there so you build immunity to it. But why is it mandated by law that this thing that kills 0.2% of the population, you know, we have to immunize for it? Right. Well,
0: that's not mandated by law yet,
1: right? Right. But that seems like it's where we're heading if we're going to require it to travel or, you know, require us to carry identification cards with it.
0: (sighs) Yeah, man. I got to start working on how to forge a digital vaccine ID. Passport, vaccine passport. Um, and like, I don't think that
1: this one particularly has any nefarious, you know,
0: aspects to it. It could. I mean, we don't know that it doesn't. The technology we exists. Don't that there's a DARPA. know that it does There's a DARPA patent to have the technology to inject nanobots in you through a vaccine. But just in general, like, it's the principle of the thing. If you make this commonplace, then what's the next one? Right. No, I 100% agree that, like, the precedent set by reacting this strongly and over the top to such a minimal threat is just throwing rationality out the window. And we're going on a year of lockdown. What? Oh, you mean it's been about a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been about a year. And it'll be, yeah, it'll end up being more than a year for sure. <laughs> Although Gavin Newsom ended the stay-at-home orders because he wants to avoid getting recalled. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that guy is a chode. Uh, but yeah, like I, I guess what's scary about this precedent is the total abandonment of any critical thinking or any like nuanced discussion. It's just like there's a dominant narrative and there's a social pressure to agree with the dominant narrative without thinking for yourself.
1: And there's only one opposing view, and if you're in that opposing view, you're a different tribe,
0: and we are enemies. Exactly. Which I think you and I are both independent enough thinkers to not be caught in that tribalism, but I always have to negotiate that. Like If I'm telling someone that I don't believe in the COVID vaccine, I have to figure out how to say it so that they don't have that immediate tribal reaction of, being against me or assuming I'm part of QAnon or support Trump or whatever. Any number of assumptions they could make. I did vote for Trump. Yeah, or though.
1: just making you like a two-dimensional character. Like, I know one thing about him, so he must also know all these things. Right. That's this guy. Put him in this
0: box. Like the girls on the dating apps who asked you if you voted for Trump before you go any further. I am so glad the election's over. <laughs> me too. That was... Like regardless of result, that was just a nightmare to live through and watch those fucking debates. Did you you left on um, the
1: day they stormed the Capitol or yeah, a day before? Yeah,
0: man, it was crazy. So the day they stormed the Capitol was the day before I went into the jungle. So I heard the news in Ecuador and then the next morning was off to the jungle and off the grid. That, to me, was the moment where Trump
1: lost all plausible defensibility.
0: Yeah, I still, like you could kinda I still don't know the he details. Was okay before then. Yeah, right. And I, I kind of thought he was okay, or at least better than Biden before then. But I still don't know the details really of that. He, like, did he order the attack? He didn't explicitly say attack the Capitol,
1: yeah. but he did have a protest. Like, he's the one that organized the rally. He was part of it. He's outside with a fucking microphone on telling people this can't happen. Biden will never be president. They're all chanting, hang Mike Pence.
0: Hang Mike. Oh, because Mike Pence could have stopped it and didn't.
1: Because Mike Pence uh, was against the like stop the steal
0: narrative. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Mike Pence is just a more conventional politician hoping things go back to normal. Poor guy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) At this point, honestly, like he's in the Senate with them. And the Trump mob is outside yelling, hang Mike Pence and putting up effigies. (laughs) That's fucking crazy. Oh, my God. It was surreal. And like, you know, I'm not usually one for like liberal hyperbole, but he should be arrested at this point.
0: Yeah, I could see that. But there is still hyperbole that I think exceeds what's fair. Like the comparisons to him being like one of these mass scale world dictators who was behind genocide like oh this is how hitler got in power like no this is not how hitler got in power and i still think the left is more authoritarian than the right it's just the symbolism of the commander-in-chief
1: ordering an angry mob of non-government people to attack another branch of government while they're voting on recalling the election or not yes
0: straight fucked Fuck that guy. No disagreement from me there. If I had to vote again, I'd probably vote for Joe Jorgensen. But here we are now, whatever, couple days into Joe Biden. Yep, here
1: we are. He has abandoned everything that he promised already.
0: (laughs) What did he promise? He just memorized a ton of shit they told him to say. He probably doesn't even know. I mean, you know, like, what
1: happened to those $2,000 stimulus checks?
0: (laughs) Did he promise that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's a complete Because Trump was promising it,
1: and then supposedly they were obstructing until he got out of office, and now they just kind of
0: put it in the background. Yeah. Joe Biden's a fucking joke. The Democrats are a total joke. Kamala Harris is the most insincere psychopath I've ever seen. I just hope that Biden can live for one term so that Kamala goes in 2024, so that in 2028, when I become president, I'm running against Kamala and her re-election bid. What is your um, narrative? What are you running on? So many things, man. A lot of the problem is that you need one thing. You need one slogan, like make America great again, because what's simple sticks. But I'm going to be a campaign of transparency, like there's never been seen before, and talk in nuance about a lot of these issues with talking about things in nuance. I'll Instagram live everything I possibly can. I will... I don't know. This administration might do something with reparations, but I'll do reparations and finance it with a wealth tax, a pretty aggressive wealth tax, and also you know, handle our debt, hopefully, with some of that. I mean, it would be silly to even list all the different things I would do because there are shitloads, but... Are you
1: allowed to have a nuanced opinion? I feel like if you don't give the media a soundbite, they give
0: you a soundbite. No, here's the thing. I know that. And I know how the media works similar to how Trump knew how the media works. I'm essentially going to be a more effective, not a dirtbag, Trump where Mm. I can play the game where I give the media five different things a day and overwhelm them so that I'm just in the news all the time. And even if they're trying to smear me, which they probably will be because I'm going to be going against the deep state, uh, they will not be effective in smearing me. And, uh, Yeah, I mean, a big thing will be like bringing spirituality and heart into the office and treating it less like a business. I think we need a leader who has integrated their feminine and their masculine. Like, I think it would be really powerful a guy leading who is vulnerable, open, cries sometimes, and can lead with the heart.
1: Do you think that america is ready for
0: an openly spiritual president no but they will be in eight years you think so yeah well i think there will be a lot of pushback against it especially in the primaries because i'm probably going to run as a republican but i can let the spiritual cat out of the bag you know more fully after that and i think people are going to be so fed up with the left the democrats and kamala in 2028 that it'll work yeah, I'd
1: be really curious as to what the public reaction to psychedelics would be because it seems like
0: I'm gonna s- people now are sort of on board with like the healing aspect of it. right. But you never know. It's turning pretty quick, dude. That's like why I want to make this documentary on how great they are, but also the shadow sides of them because there's like a real exponential growth to their popularity and people getting into them. Mm-hmm. And as president on day one, I will send five grams of mushrooms, a heroic dose, to every household in America there you go much cheaper than a thousand dollar stimulus <laughs> yeah it would be actually and it would probably be thousands of times more valuable every man woman and child there aren't enough mushrooms you're gonna have to send them lsd <laughs> hmm.
1: we'll figure it out don't even tell them it's lsd send them all an envelope they open it they don't know it's laced <laughs> <laughs> now they're high then you give the craziest fucking speech. You get on TV and just say crazy shit. Oh, I'll
0: be, I'll give the craziest speeches. Like, the reaction of a lot of the country to me will just be like, you know, not knowing what to make of me. This is just too insane. But things will be falling apart and getting insane by that time anyway. So we need some insanity to save it all. I do feel like
1: insanity is inevitable because I feel like insanity stacks on insanity. Yes. Like, there's never. There's no going back to, you know, Reagan conservatism. Oh, not
0: at all. And that's good because that perspective is pretty myopic. But Mm -hmm. as we make this transition to a wider perspective and more awareness, for sure, people are going to lose their minds. Like, I think there's going to be mass waves of collective madness. Yeah, I feel that. It's already kind of happening. I mean, COVID, you could say, is the beginning of it. I'm surprised that it's not a thing in China, though. That
1: kind of goes against my theory because they seem to be very ordered, but there's a billion of them.
0: Yeah, I think probably for China, it'll happen like all in one fell swoop because there's a lot higher like adherence to the government and buying into the narrative. So, as long as everyone's bought into the narrative, the people stay sane. But then eventually the narrative falls apart. Like in America, we're slowly chipping away at the narrative, undermining it. Some people are waking up and it's kind of like a slow burn of this process, which I think still will involve a lot of madness. But at some time or another, it'll hit, you know, the Chinese people that they've been lied to on a mass scale by the institution they trusted wholeheartedly. And then it'll just be fireworks fireworks. Do you think that they trust the institution wholeheartedly, or do you
1: think that they view this as the safest way to make a good living
0: based on what their situation was before? Probably a mix. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who are just the latter, some people who are just the former, and a lot of people who are a mix.
1: But how many of these people do you think are like money motivated, and how many will continue to be in the future? Because I think we're moving away from that, but I don't know.
0: Maybe I'm moving away from that. <laughs> You probably are moving away from that. And I think we are also moving away from that. Um, it's hard for me to reconcile like where society is versus where my perspective is. So Yeah, I feel that. What do you think's made that hard, just thinking about things more than society? No, I just think like as I, and it sounds pretentious
1: to say, broaden my perspective. But as I broaden my perspective, I feel as though everybody else is also on the same level. Yeah. Um, like I always approach another person assuming they're on the
0: same level. And that's probably not the case. Yeah. I mean, did I tell you this? I, I don't remember. This is my experience exactly, pretty much. Like, I I think there's a tendency as you grow in awareness to project what's happening with you onto the world. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely like, <laughs> in a lot of these moments, like after the first ceremony in Ecuador, I was like, Oh my God, it's the new earth. Everything's changed. And it took me a few hours to realize like, no, it's just me who's changed. (laughs) Tell me more about this new earth. The new earth. People are talking about it way too much. So I'm hesitant to like, people are way too loose with this talk of the new age, the new earth. Like it's not going to be, like one moment where there's a singularity and everything forever changes and the world is unrecognizable compared to how it was before. I think it's like a slow shift. But uh, yeah, the new earth. I mean, it's basically what I was describing before. It's a humanity that is awake and that is heart-centered and has compassion for all of humanity and uh, rises above the petty tribal bullshit that's currently ruining the world.
1: Were you paying attention to the financial markets in the last week, speaking of ruining the world?
0: Literally, just what you tell me.
1: <laughs> so, it's been a pretty amazing Cinderella story, you might call it. <laughs> um, this subreddit called Wall Street Bets decided that GameStop, which is a failing games retailer, was trading at something like $12. Mm-hmm. And they decided that this thing was shorted so heavily. Something like 130% that, you know, no one of them individually had enough capital. How can something but be shorted collectively. 130%? Yeah, it, through derivatives, I guess. Ah, uh,
0: okay. Um, I used to trade those once upon a time. Yeah, <laughs> once upon a time in a past life. So Does that feel like a very long time ago? So this subreddit decides to pump and up slash buy for value GameStop? They decide collectively that it's not even value. They can just put enough
1: money in it to force all these hedge funds, including Citadel is actually a big player in Mm. this, uh, to force them to cover their short, Mm -hmm. which caused the share price
0: to rocket to 500. (laughs) 500 from 12? Yeah, from 12 (laughs) in a week. So what is That's like a 40-fold increase. There is no No, 41 or two.
1: There is no like uh, you know, how can I say this there's no deception on what this was. Everybody knew exactly what they were doing right. like we're not buying this because it has value. we know it's garbage right there's just enough of us with money to push you guys out. and they successfully did this for a little bit, but then the hedge funds and some politicians ended up getting involved and putting a ton of regulation on and they're calling this like a way to protect. Retail investors, but it's just a way to kneecap, you know, the longs to this. protect the, the people who, who just made 4,000 gains. Yeah. <laughs> so they halted all options trading on like 20 different securities and uh. then they stopped letting people use margin and they stopped letting people buy a certain amount. So you can only buy like 10 GameStop
0: shares a day. Mm hmm. And was this from pressure from Citadel and these hedge funds to like on the regulators? So now is when we get into conspiracy. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, this it's is them be. slowing
1: the boat down enough for them to cover. And then.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I did hear rumblings of this. Could this be the beginning of the end for modern finance in America? It's. Definitely a chink in the armor was exposed. Mm, yeah. The chink being corruption or like the like there being dialogue between regulators and hedge funds that there shouldn't be.
1: More so the absurdity of the financial system. Oh, yeah. That too. Like these guys don't really know what's going on any
0: more than an idiot on Reddit. Right. And we're going to prove it. Hardly anyone knows what's going on. I mean, I think the whole market is propped up. Right now, on some bullshit. Like, people's economic reality does not reflect the, what is it, like 3,900 SP at this point? Yeah. I mean, we're at all time highs more
1: or less every single day. And obviously, like, 50 million people are unemployed. So I don't
0: really know what's going on with that. Yeah. A ton of shareholder value is going on that is being enjoyed by a select few. Jeff Bezos just uh, stepped down as CEO of Amazon. What? that's huge like just meaning how long ago uh, two hours shit close. do you we don't know why yet
1: um i didn't watch the speech i mean he's gonna let another guy take charge like i don't think it's a. Hmm. you know i think maybe he's just retiring maybe he maybe just maybe wants to focus do...
0: full time on deep state globalist goals
1: yeah maybe or his space he has a space company i don't
0: know what it does <laughs> he doesn't tell anybody about it jesus that's gonna be a fascinating thing in our lives dude private space travel can't wait for yeah, that but where are they gonna go there's nowhere to go what are you talking about there's anywhere to go there's literally an infinite number of directions to go well like what am i gonna do on mars see it experience what it's like to be in space I don't know man maybe in like
1: a hundred years when it's stable but I'm not gonna early adopt spacecraft I'm gonna
0: early adopt dude I wanna be one of the rogue cowboys in space who goes out first nah dude there's a lot of earth I still gotta do I think I think the optimal life is become president of the US at 36 in 2028 save the US and then go to space
1: and then become president of space.
0: Yeah, uh, Maybe, but probably just spend the rest of my days in space. Because like, also, after being president, what would life even be? It wouldn't be the same. Probably wouldn't be worth it. It'd probably be incredible. No, it'd be incredibly isolating and lonely. No one could relate to you. Everyone would... Except the other presidents. Yeah, I would be part of the president's club, but I hate the other presidents, so I don't care about that. I believe one person
1: can synthesize enough 5-MeO-DMT to provide anyone that would want to do it. And I think that's the big takeaway there is like these things are not fun, you know? Like you're going in there to do something. Like people aren't willingly seeking this out to have a crazy Friday night. Wait, you're saying aren't seeking it out to have a crazy Friday night? Are not, which is why it's weird that it's classified as something like cocaine. Yes,
0: 100%. It's like a totally different function to what I do consider a drug, where you're doing it for the experience of being on the drug, and usually in spite of side effects. With ayahuasca, it's the exact opposite. It's often unpleasant and not super fun. Like, if I were just going to have the experience of ayahuasca and not get to take it with me, I would never do it. Probably almost never, just because of how bad it could be. But... People do it for the effects, for what happens outside of the high. So what is the next medicine you're going to take? Well, first I'm taking like a long hiatus from all medicines and from all drugs and substances. I need to stop altering so much. And I also want to focus on practices so that I can build more up myself endogenously. I'm going to just get regular with deeper meditation and yogic practice and then do like a dark retreat and other things. But when I turn back to it, when I, and hopefully you as a producer, film this documentary on psychedelic communities and their use, I'll probably go to the, the jungle and do 5MEO, do Bufo Olivares from the from the toad. Does the toad exist in that jungle, <coughs> or do they bring it? It's in some desert, so maybe not the jungle. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was maybe like not like Arizona. I, think, I guess by... Uh, by jungle i meant just authentic location (laughs) i was still (laughs) thinking in ayahuasca terms right yeah untamed location yeah um so yeah i mean the video i sent you was of a a guy named quentin i don't know his last name but he has a popular youtube channel uh of him doing psychedelics Mm -hmm. talking about them and he did this uh 5Meo or Bufo Alvarez ceremony that looked awesome.
1: Yeah, I watched some of that. It was a pretty long video, so I kind of spooled through it, but it seemed to last longer than I would have expected it to last. It was like 10 minutes or something.
0: Yeah. You thought it was less? Sounds like a. No, it just sounds like a terrifying amount of time to be on DMT. Oh, yeah, but it's also not even DMT. 5Meo is pretty different. I think it's Mm. like. Maybe even completely different. I don't know if there is any similarity based on both having like sharing DMT in the name. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But it's also, I do know that 5MU is supposed to be like four or five times more intense.
1: I feel like we're headed towards a chill out because it takes a lot of energy to stay this angry
0: for this long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trump was really like a societal red pill. But people can only take that in in such doses. They can only go so quickly.
1: But I feel like the media has to constantly one-up itself.
0: And without Trump there, where are they headed? Oh, they're dead. I don't know. I mean, even beyond loss of entertainment value, yeah, there's no like themes. There's just talking points and ideologies, which I guess is kind of what it is going to. And... People have also seen the inauthenticity of it, even a lot of people on the left. It just blows my mind. I I sort of disagree with that. Like the amount
1: of people on the left that will ridicule like Fox News, which is garbage nonsense, but then watch CNN, which is the other side's garbage nonsense.
0: Yeah, it's way higher than it should be. That's their
1: news source. It's absurd. Like you have to realize that these are two sides of the same coin. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's nonsense propaganda on
0: both sides totes yeah i mean it's all kind of falling apart the whole political system i think is falling apart like 70 million plus people don't trust the voting system that's a serious problem that's such a high number of people to not have faith in the way that things
1: are done that was what was so dangerous about this whole refusing to accept the results of the election.
0: Yeah, agreed. Like agreed. He's undermining. I would hope that knowing he failed, he would in retrospect not do that, but I'm sure he would do the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's again me projecting my own values. I was like, why
0: didn't this guy quit two months ago and go home? <laughs> I mean, I think he probably thought the stakes were really high and convinced himself he was you know doing it for the right reasons but there's always some mix of devilry and buddhahood in there and surely there was devilry for him ego hmm. ego mania man yeah he should do some psychedelics yeah i guess he would probably have a horrible reaction to psychedelics he'd probably have a horrible reaction to marijuana if he never it. <laughs> probably yeah and he hasn't he said he's totally straight Totally straight edge. I would love to get high with Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, that would be fascinating. I'd
1: love to get high with Joe Biden, but I think that Joe Biden, that would, probably probably be gets high. Joe Biden would fall asleep. What do you, I feel like he uh, is the type of person that looks like he smokes weed.
0: I would say he did, but he's just really old now. You think he still does? Well, I don't know. He's just real mellow. Eh. Like you ever see Joe Biden mad? It's a joke. Yeah, for sure. He was angry like the whole third debate. But that's like a joke. He, he doesn't exude anger. I think he does sometimes when he says, come on, man.
1: Yeah, like I think that's like <laughs> awkward frustration. Yeah, I know. You know, of your white neighbor.
0: Yeah, but I mean, presidents have historically been super restrained. So who knows what this he's is like true. behind the camera. This is very true. You look like you found your Zen from TM. I was going to ask,
1: do you think that people's or people should look at their identity as like an external thing that they put out into the world and then not have any attachments to it? Yeah. Basically, it's like this thing that you're projecting out, but it's not who
0: your essence is, you know? Yeah, for sure. Dude, I'm pretty high. <laughs> but yeah, you're basically talking, you know, true self and no self, like Buddhist worldview. Oh. I watched some Tony Robbins bullshit. You
1: know that Netflix documentary? Oh, yeah.
0: I'm not your guru. That's a good documentary.
1: I watched the first like 10 minutes of it. And then I was like, this guy's a scammer. I turned turn it off. But <laughs> it actually, it stuck with me when he's like, you know, life changes in moments and then everything else between those moments is like time spent getting ready or whatever he said.
0: Yeah. Mountains and plateaus.
1: Yeah. But like, you shouldn't think of progression as linear. You should think of it as immediate jagged turns and then being able to adapt to those turns. Yes. Do you think that's similar to that story of that monk that became like a diamond millionaire,
0: the diamond cutter. Was that what he was? Yeah. He wrote a book called the diamond cutter, at least, um, Hmm. or the diamond something. My (laughs) my Airbnb host in Nepal, like, insisted that I watch this YouTube video of that guy. Yeah, I guess, but it was, like, a lot more unconscious than that because he went and became fully realized in, you know, like, the Tibetan Buddhist monk school and lineage in India and then did the business enterprise. I just, you know, wanted to do the sitcom.
1: But he wasn't super popularized, right? Like, not a lot of people know about him. Um, Or was he a big deal?
0: Bigger deal than
1: me, for sure. Do they charge money for these retreats? For which retreats? The Like, if you want to go spend a month in Nepal becoming a monk.
0: Oh. Well, no, I don't think this guy did retreats. Like, he ordained as a monk it's different mm. i did a retreat at a monastery like a,
1: like a guerrilla marketing pitch
0: for monkhood what is that guy
1: yeah like they propped
0: him up <laughs> to be successful like, maybe maybe big monk but i mean he did succeed so it would be valid he did succeed but that's what i'm saying
1: what if they like fronted him success fronted him Yeah, like it's a Ponzi scheme. It's not a real thing. It's, you know, there's strings being pulled in the background by elder monks. (laughs) Like what if there is a... So what if it's just
0: all like corrupt and he's in on it?
1: Yeah, like the Catholic Church. Like they're a very hierarchical, powerful, shadowy organization.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would be pretty surprised to learn that the Tibetan Buddhists are doing that, but I guess you never know. (laughs)
1: That would be the fucking twist of.
0: That would the be. Century. Oh my god. That would be like the change of religion. The abandonment of religion. Nah, it'll just morph. It'll take on new forms. What would it take on
1: if there is a global acceptance that the most peaceful, non confrontational religions were total scams? Like that there is an angle and everybody was in on this angle that was doing them.
0: Well, I think, I think a new religion shift? has to arise. I think you could argue social justice warriordom is, is that religion. Hmm. Plausible. How so? It's like an in- insistence on ideology without any capacity to see another side that's reminiscent of religious justifications. Do you think that kind of stuff dies down after college? Social justice warriordom? Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think people out of college move further to the... I think they do. Whatever you want to call it. I think it?
0: they do, but I think, you know, it's like a give and a take. And as you know, social justice warriors impact the culture, you know, from below and impact companies.
1: Um, I was on YouTube the other day where I found out that Jordan Peterson had come back. You know, he had made like a welcome back video for himself. Mm-hmm. And so I checked that out. I think he was on Russell Brand, actually. So I checked that out. And then I saw a related video, which was an earlier talk of, like, before he became famous. But it wasn't a talk. It was, like, a confrontation between a couple of SJWs on the campus and him. Mm -hmm. And I picked up on one thing. I don't know if it's profound, but a lot of what they're doing is to fuck each other.
0: Like Not literally Jordan to have Peterson, sex the with other each SJWs
1: other. Sjws in the crowd.
0: To have sex with each other.
1: Yeah, they're like peacocking for who's the most SJW. <laughs> huh. The way that they're shouting. At I mean, maybe Peterson, for some of the guys, the way
0: the other ones were looking at them. <laughs> okay, I could see that. There are also a lot that are just enraged as well.
1: Yeah, maybe people find passion attractive and maybe there's a feedback loop there, but (laughs) either
0: way, man. You just try to turn everything into a biological mechanism.
1: People are trying to fuck. (laughs) If you were to explain the law of the universe, except
0: for sex. Sex is that would be it. That
1: would be the law of the universe. People are trying to fuck.
0: Nah. It'd be creation, which is, you know, one and the same.
1: Yeah, that's true. Reproduction entropy, entropy. That's the that's the end all. If you want a one word, yeah, I would agree
0: with that. Scientifically, that's sound, astute, Leo. But then we see that reflected in our everyday lives. We see what reflected entropy. entropy. Oh yeah, so yeah, I mean, things just, just the keep world getting diverging into more and more possibilities. That's yep, it'll be like people are all living in their own different worlds. So it's just inevitable
1: that we get crazier and crazier, that the headlines keep getting crazier.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah, but it, it's not linear, again, hence the Biden lull. Hmm. That's what I'm hoping for, but I'm not convinced that's what it's going to be. No, I, don't, I don't think there's any going back. You think it's going to get crazier every single year? Every single
1: year in perpetuity till the end of time, unless there's like a Mad Max societal collapse and restructure. But at that point, like if 80% of the population dies, that's not the same argument anymore. Then we're back to the 1200s.
0: I mean, there will be some kind of collapse and restructuring. It's just a matter of scale. So I think that's the... It's a matter of how integrated it is with just changing. Like if we can change into the new or if we have to break and then reform into the new.
1: I think it always gets crazier and crazier until it inevitably collapses. Once it gets smaller, it's well-organized again, and then it gets bigger, crazier, collapses. This is the fundamental law of the universe.
0: <laughs> Do you it's think that's true of people? the Big Bang,
1: right? Yeah, this is literally the Big Bang.
0: Do you think it's true of people over the course of their life, I'm saying?
1: That people get crazier and crazier, and then they die?
0: No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that they have a peak crazy. I think crazy. It's the opposite. No, I think it's a parabola. Well, in terms of, like, being connected to their spirit, I think it's a parabola. In terms of acting normal within society, it's, you know.
1: If you were to plot that parabola against um, the need to reproduce, what would that look like?
0: (laughs) Different for men and women.
1: But I think roughly
0: it's the same graph, right? But inverse? Maybe roughly, but I think the need to reproduce peaks sooner than ego. Yeah.
1: Well, because some people like with trumpets, just linear. The ego just keeps going yeah, and going.
0: Yeah, very true. So there's wiggle room in where it can go at the end of the life, but it definitely goes upward up until like your actualization as an adult,
1: or it just you never lose and it goes upward forever.
0: You never lose. You want the biggest ego.
1: No, no. But like constant, whatever you perceive as a win is inflates the ego.
0: Uh-huh. Right.
1: But if you just keep having wins, it just keeps the bubble just keeps getting bigger and it never pops. Right.
0: Yeah. Winner effect. Yeah. And loser effect.
1: Fucking crazy. When I get to the point of I am now
0: president. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) yeah, Trump's had like a frequent refrain of being like, look where we are. Are we, we're in the Oval Office.
1: Yeah, it's got to be like, pretty surreal at this point.
0: I guess. Yeah.
1: But I don't know. It's probably just some, like anything else, right? Any other job. (laughs)
0: It's definitely. Stop thinking about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like a shitty thing toward the family. Honestly, you think so? You're kind of altering their life and precluding them from normal social relationships. Yeah, that's true. Like your I kids, so. you know, your kids and their yeah. friends, there's always going to be that it's going to be a big impact on their relationship.
1: But I think from the perspective of the parent or whomever, it's like, I'm doing this because I don't want them to have a normal perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are definitely benefits. They'll be a lot more aware of a lot than other kids. But awareness of the world is kind of the burden of life. It's like you want to delay that and let kids be kids. It depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah, it depends on if you're trying to create legends or if you're trying to create happy people. What creates a legend? Difficulty.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Or, I don't know, maybe that's just why we legendify people. Yeah. Because of the difficulty. Yeah,
0: probably both. Especially now, there's like a a big... I mean, I think the victim culture is also like a culture of the suffering subject. Like, the person who overcame the worst. So, yeah. Big fixation on suffering. You don't think that's part of that
1: dominance hierarchy?
0: I do. That's kind of what I'm saying.
1: The suffering dominance hierarchy. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to suffer. And mental health is like probably used as a ploy by some to, you know, I mean, you can't really quantify that suffering.
1: Why do people want attention, you think?
0: And that's just a natural human desire. But why? Survival. All social creatures. And survival. As social creatures, yeah, attention and connection is our survival. I
1: don't know if attention is the, like, wouldn't you want to be behind the scenes?
0: Hmm. Well, not everyone wants attention. I thought you meant attention in, like, relationships, but you mean attention in, like, fame? I just mean
1: the... Yeah, no, just another person's attention on you. Whether that's because you're the most suffering or what's going on. I feel like that's what people are doing. They're vying to have other people listen to what they're doing. Yeah,
0: it's like narcissism, basically.
1: Maybe that's just so it gives what you're doing more meaning. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything's a call for love or love. It's a call for love. Unless you
1: have... The idea that what you're doing has true, intrinsic meaning. Yes.
0: That I just zoned. And I think in that case, what you're doing is your labor of love. Is that for you running a country? (laughs) We'll see. Who knows? Who knows if there will even be a such thing as president in 2028?
1: I would love to be a dictator. (laughs) A Fidel Castro, green shirt, <laughs> aviator glasses guy.
0: What about Kim Jong Un?
1: No, fuck that guy.
0: You don't like Kim Jong?
1: Nah, dude, he's crazy. And here's why: Fidel Castro has street cred. He got to be on top because you know he was a savage at the bottom.
0: Oh, okay. I don't really know his story too thoroughly.
1: So. Cuba was a U.S.-sponsored monarchy. This guy, I think Baptista was his name. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a really shitty... Like, most of the land was owned by America because there's a bunch of fruit company deals. So everybody that was like a Cuban person would work on these American-owned farms. Mm-hmm. But their quality of life sucked. It was, you know, feudalism. Um, so Che Guevara and Fidel Castro read a bunch of guerrilla guys in the mountains to like overthrow the monarchy and then they took over and then it got all communist damn
0: nice and how did he like come to organize them
1: fidel castro yeah well i don't know he was just like their guerrilla leader
0: <laughs> huh yeah so you don't respect kim Un as much because he was born into it
1: yes he's got he doesn't know like what it's like to be a common person.
0: He should not be
1: dictating how they live.
0: Neither is the Dalai Lama, but he mm. says a lot about how people should live. That's true. That would he be a crazy people, experience though. to be born and your whole life, or almost your whole life, from childhood, be told that you're a king or you know, connected to God or whatever. Holiness. That's pretty heavy.
1: Yeah, especially as the Dalai Lama, where you're just kind of told you're not you.
0: Right. <laughs> you're not this from, child. You're a, Yeah, an whatever age you are. Yeah. But
1: that's the only reality you know.
0: Yeah, right. So, I mean, of course, he always has believed it.
1: Like you didn't get pulled from Midwest America or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the next Dalai Lama. That'd be crazy. That would. I mean, he might have to do something outside of Tibet.
1: Yeah. They're communist China.
0: <laughs> they're just wrecking them. Xi yeah, I saw Jinping is the next Dalai Lama. I saw the movie, uh, Kundun and it was like probably far too generous to the Tibetans and too harsh toward China. I don't know. Maybe it was fair though. China's pretty fucked up, but it definitely showed a very cruel story. It was like the story of the Dalai Lama's life. It's a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah.
1: What was it called? Kundun?
0: Yeah, Kundun. K-U-N-D-U-N. Hmm. I can't believe you wouldn't go into space. Dude,
1: there's nothing out there.
0: There's everything out there.
1: No, no, no. Everything's in here.
0: <laughs> That's true as well.
1: Out there is a construct. I don't even think there is a space.
0: Yeah, it's true in a sense. It's just sense experiences, light coming to you from your ideas of other things. The earth is
1: flat. We live in a snow globe on a giant's desk. (laughs) And this giant writes a story every morning and then he orates it to us. And then that's how we behave
0: why don't we hear him
1: we do he's the inner
0: voice in our heads oh in all of our heads huh it's funny because I hear a voice And I wish the sensory deprivation tank had been
1: a better experience overall
0: yeah, it, it was very underwhelming for me as well, but I do buy that it takes probably a few to get the hang of it. But you did do a few, right? I did it twice. Okay. Yeah, I only did it once. I feel like three times would be a fair try, like three times, maybe three days in a row or something.
1: Yeah, I would do it again, but I have a problem with a lot of the places that offer it. They're very like spa, like new yeah. age spa. I mean,
0: that's the marketing. That's the how it's being sold. But. What if you had a storefront that was like a meditation center and it had all kinds of great setups? There probably is such a thing. And it would have sensory deprivation tanks. It would have like cold exposure rooms.
1: That'd be cool. Um, there's that place, the King's Spa, out in the suburbs, which is a Korean spa, but they have like crystal meditation rooms and stuff. That's pretty Not sick. Not quite the same extent.
0: Yeah, I mean, this would be like the theme of the place. I think it would yeah. be something... Pretty new.
1: That'd be pretty cool.
0: I could see that being You could have
1: cool. like a like a Wim Hof breathing room. Yes, yes. Where it yes. Gets cold.
0: Yep. Maybe it'd even be a dispensary a, as well. Have weed. <laughs> you could have like a 200 milligram. Enlightenment for purchase. <laughs>
1: there you go. Are you going to monetize any of your enlightenment? What do you mean? You know
0: bottle and sell ayahuasca to people (laughs) (laughs) nah i there are already a lot of hippies doing that and i'm actually like very impressed by the risk that they take like my former shaman not my shaman anymore (laughs) but uh she takes like i don't know how much exactly but like probably five bottles of this stuff you know every other month between ecuador and the u.s and she oh she's
1: like a drug mule
0: I mean, yeah, but like she just checks it in her bags and nothing's happened. Crazy. Yeah. I guess the only way something would happen is if they randomly search your bag.
1: Or if it's already in liquid form because you can't have large liquids in your bag.
0: You can check large liquids.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so it's already pre-mixed and everything?
0: Yeah, it's already made. It's just in bottles. Yeah. I mean, she usually makes it. We made it when we were there and then takes, you know, some amount. Do you have like a shaman, a specific shaman? You mean, is that like a rule or for me personally? For you personally. I did. Like I would have called this shaman my shaman up until like this retreat, basically. I think I had already talked to you before the retreat about how I was starting to like see through the veil and see like... She's not exactly this awake person she presents, uh, mm-hmm. but in this retreat, she wasn't really leading it, so she didn't didn't have to be on. She was just more herself, and mm-hmm. it was like a lot more evident during this retreat. She had like squabbles, blow ups with almost everyone in the group, and oh, okay, yeah, I just totally stayed out of it with her and didn't feel a need to like say anything. But I'm definitely not gonna go to her circles anymore even though i'm still like she was good for what i needed i'm grateful for her
1: yeah man i feel like and i don't know if this is exactly the case but when you see someone be petty
0: yeah it's it, it really a, turns your impression
1: do you think that's because they shift in the dominance hierarchy
0: from dominant to not dominant
1: yeah you've sort of like seen
0: a glimpse of their betaness mmm Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Kind of, because if, like, alpha is the pure, untainted expression, then, yeah, you would see chinks in it unless it were perfect, but it would really degrade when they're not on.
1: It's kind of bullshit. You could explain anything that way, right?
0: Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, there are probably mirrors of it in many different paradigms it's just a matter of what paradigm you want to use that's why it's so
1: ingrained you could explain any social interaction in that way and it's probably not wrong
0: it's just perspectives man right what are those scissors
1: you're snapping
0: oh they're just to cut the ends of joints to not inhale oh. the paper
1: you got the tools not nice. <laughs> yeah don't they make the paper out of like hemp though
0: they probably do it's probably absolutely fine to inhale i just I also think it's like a better light when you don't have to burn the tip and have it burn into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got very high off of that thing. It was like the size of a half of a normal joint and I'm still quite high.
1: Yeah, dude. Last time I had a pre-roll from the dispensary, I took like two hits and I was out.
0: (laughs) So it's a lot stronger than your typical drug dealer stuff
1: yeah i'm thinking of getting a med card but i don't know if i want
0: what does that give you anything that you can't already get recreationally
1: um no it's just like thirty percent cheaper
0: oh nice
1: because tax is pretty significant yeah you might as well but
0: i mean you have anxiety do you have anxiety i don't know probably i guess everyone has some level of it in our culture
1: yeah i think everybody has anxiety but i also think that i probably wasn't breathing correctly for a long time
0: yeah thank god for breath that
1: book is so good
0: yeah it's like the most important book out right now i feel like i've gifted it a lot of times
1: but it's so like dumb and simple that
0: it doesn't (laughs) get the attention that it deserves no it doesn't at all it's that's the the funny joke that's why like Despite all my mom's bullshit, I'm pretty grateful to a lot of aspects of her. Like, she took us to a breathing class when I was, like, nine and taught us how to breathe properly. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was stupid, but it still sunk in somewhat.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably huge. Yeah,
0: definitely. And diet definitely ate very well.
1: Dude, you got diet, breathing, missing the third piece of the Trinity. (laughs) Probably
0: a normal birth. That fucked me up. Exercise. Oh, yeah, right. You're cure-all to all mental mm-hmm. disorders.
1: Is the, the C-section... The, like, main scientific consensus against it is that you don't get the proper, like, biome around you?
0: Yeah, I think that's the main reason. You don't go through the birth canal and get the right holobiome. But also, so. my birth was like pretty traumatic because it was 24 hours of labor before the emergency c-section oh wow yeah
1: do you feel that that is like ingrained into your dna now
0: uh i mean i guess dna is a fluid thing in some ways but yeah i think there's like an imprint i mean it obviously affected my mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was like that's a good point she was like shouting at my dad angrily like you did this to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know a lot of people like this guy who led a holotropic breath work workshop that i did was a huge believer in like the what would he call it just like imprints or effects from how your birth was but he was like super into astrology as well and super into carl young so he was kind of all over the place dude
1: ronald reagan was super into astrology he wasn't but his wife was and they had a white house official astrologist <laughs> nice isn't that
0: fucking crazy But, like, kind of just as entertainment for his wife?
1: No, this is... They're fucking making decisions about the government. Oh,
0: the astrologer advised them? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. (laughs) I don't know. What is crazy and what isn't crazy? Like, people were making... Doing things for all kinds of horrible reasons during those times.
1: I think the biggest trigger to become more awake... Is when the, of, the veneer of competence fades. <laughs> when you realize everybody sucks at their jobs.
0: Yeah, people are just bullshitting. Yep. That's like what we are, the bullshitting animal.
1: Yep. Lie to everybody else, lie to
0: ourselves. <laughs> Not me. 100% honest.
1: Come up with a new story every time you wake up, what you're going to do, who you are that day. None of it matters.
0: None of it matters, absolutely, but it could matter to you. It, it does matter, matter to, you. to you. No, it should matter to you. It inevitably will matter to you. You think so? You're in a video game, and you can see that it's just a video game, and know that, but you still have to take the video game seriously, because it still does matter to you.
1: Okay. I don't know. What, do you, what matters? Not dying? Not losing?
0: Well, I think what matters arises for you based on where you put your time and attention. So if you can come up with a good purpose or a constructive purpose, something to do, then it'll become meaningful to you.
1: How would you react if simulation theory was proven true, like tomorrow?
0: I don't know. It would. I mean, that would really lie in the details, I think. Like, yeah, simulation can mean a lot of things I think it's an, a fair metaphor for reality but I wouldn't put it inside some like materialist this is exactly the simulation model number XYZ I think reality is a lot more mysterious than that
1: I wonder how many people would commit
0: mass suicide <laughs> huh I think a lot Eh, I don't. I really don't. Uh, some. A fair number. There would be an increase. People would go crazy.
1: But... Like,
0: mathematical.
1: Well, I guess it would depend on what the expectation of <laughs> the suicide would be.
0: You're talking like a U Chicago economist. <laughs> <laughs> like, they could derive utility from no longer existing weight against... Yeah, people aren't rational actors at all. That's true. People don't know why they do what they do. Like, they can get down closer to why they do what they do, but exactly why they do what they do is, like, an ideal. I don't know if you can ever fully reach. Like, I'm so skeptical of myself. You know, I know that there's delusion happening wherever there's self. I
1: think a good sign is how random Compared to your actions, compared to other people's actions,
0: <laughs> it's a good to be random.
1: Yeah, there's honesty and random. Sure,
0: you're just going with a moment.
1: Yeah, rather than following someone else's preset path.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess treating life as improv.
1: Mm. But then you know, yes, you and don't necessarily get a great show.
0: Well, who says what's a great show? Have you seen Smokers Aloud? Do you think you can meditate your way through an entire drug trip? I mean, I kind of was meditative for probably an hour or two in the last ayahuasca ceremony. Just sitting, mm. meditating. But probably not a whole thing. No, that's a really long time to meditate. Do you think
1: it's harder to do it on drugs? Oh, yeah. Oh, You're
0: right. 100 ultimate
1: i'm thinking of it like as an
0: extreme sport (laughs) (laughs) i mean on ayahuasca i i think on a sufficient dose of ayahuasca no one could meditate no way
1: like i want to see the best monk on sober meditating then i want to see him on edibles meditating then i want to see him on cocaine meditating
0: that should be like the enlightenment test actually yeah it should be because if you can't pass that test you're probably not enlightened
1: Exactly. If you break, if you have a ton of ayahuasca and you can't meditate, you break down and start crying, it's over.
0: Yeah. That would be a good test.
1: I think of edibles in that way a lot. I think of it as like a litmus test on how I'm doing in life. Really? Yeah. I'll be like, you know, I've had a good month. I'll take a high dose of edibles and see if I have a good time
0: or not. And if you have a good time, you're doing well. If you have a bad time, you're doing badly in life.
1: Yeah, because if I have a bad time, it's because I'm running through my head about some bullshit.